Two brothers. When united, form the Disney Majors. Fighting the powers of evil with their mouths. Here's your hosts, Jake and Eli Hollingsworth. Hello everyone, I'm Eli Hollingsworth and I'm joined by my brother, Jake Hollingsworth. And hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. And congratulations if you listen to this, you have made it to 2022. Hooray for you! Yes, now, now on Apple Podcasts, our podcast will say 2020 to 2022. So we're approaching, well, not really, I mean, it's three months away, but we are coming up upon soon, kind of, in three months, the two-year anniversary of our podcast, and that is pretty exciting. And now, I know that we've been off track for the past, like, six months, but um, <laughs> uh, we will, what we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, do. Yeah, whose fault is that, I wonder? We'll, we'll still uh, do the annual live stream extravaganza. We're this year we might have to make some changes because last year what we did was we did the because I was doing the protocol thing, we did like we did like the vote of which movies we should choose. Oh, this year we might have to yeah. try, wait. This year we have to do something different. Maybe we'll spice it up a little bit, you know, give it some uh, some spice. We'll add some salt and oregano to, to it. I was, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Oregano. Uh, yeah, so we'll give s- it some salt. I don't know if that would help it. Well, we'll oregano sounds better. We'll give it some life, and it'll be exciting this year. So more details on that soon. But yes, we are in 2022 now, so that is awesome. Uh, the last podcast we did was Fireman Away Home Review. But, I mean, hey, what a last podcast to do. For that 2021, especially. Our longest episode of the podcast. But one of my favorites. Because and my voice was almost gone by the, end of the, by the end of it. Because Spider-Man No Way Home was, like, a huge satisfaction uh, pleaser. Satisfaction pleaser, you could say that? Yeah. Uh, it's a huge uh, crowd pleaser, you could say, yeah. And very satisfying, just it delivered on every level. And um, I was very glad to get to finally talk about it after all of the leaks, all of the rumors. And we probably missed like a few near the end there because we were off track. But yeah, I mean, it was just really great to finally be able to talk about it. So yes, there you go. That is our Spider-Man No Way Home review. Well, we already did that, but yeah. And now we have the other crazy multiverse movie yeah with some crazy multiverse madness next is that's getting very strange and it might need a doctor to come in and help it next is uh the multiverse of madness coming out in may of this year yes so may that's of this year. that is very exciting uh that's, that's only like five months the away. flat leaks are getting out of control now because they did six weeks of reshoots before the end of 2021 to one fix story problems and two, add in even more cameos than it already has. Yes. And so there's been already been a bunch of cameos being reported. So let's just break. Let's do a quick breakdown of all of the cameos that are reported to be floating around. My favorite. Let's start off with my favorite one. Tom Cruise as Iron Man. That yeah. is so perfect because if you don't know, Tom Cruise was supposed to play Iron Man, but then he turned down the role, and then it went to Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Long story short. And so that would be awesome if they bring in Tom Cruise as an Iron Man Why did he turn it down again? I always forget. Uh, I forgot. There were rumors it was because people, he, he wanted people to see his face, oh, but yeah, he's denied right. that. He denied that. That's not a real thing. I forgot the actual reason why he said no, but I'm sure it'll come to me at some point. Yeah. So that was one. Hugh Jackman Wolverine was apparently added during reshoots. Like They wanted to get him at first, but then he couldn't do it and then with reshoots they added him in supposedly yeah which i mean because we did see that uh picture of him and kevin feige a long a while ago yeah maybe that was them meeting and he was like hey you want to be in this new multiverse movie he was like yeah no bub and then um reshoots is like okay let's do this he's like well we'll give you uh five million dollars no they probably gave him like 50 million dollars. yeah He's All like, okay. these are trying to start as one big thing. Chris Evans is Human Torch is another one. Yeah. Because another one coming back. I've also heard he might do Hydra Cap. There's oh, also yeah. a word that he could do Hydra Cap, so that'd be cool to see. Him as Human Torch would be awesome because he did play Human Torch at one point, and that would be a fun little joke. And then um, Mr. Fantastic from the t- Mr. Fantastic from the Tim Story films is apparently going to come in as part of the Illuminati. Yeah, which the- Illuminati. I don't. 
it's crazy. Like, it seems like there's gonna be so many people on the Illuminati in the MCU. Because the Illuminati is like some secret team, like watching over everything that Doctor Strange creates. It's rumored that that team will be formed in this in this movie. Apparently, it consists of a character called Balder the Brave, Captain Carter from What If. Oh, um, you mean Balder the Brave? Balder the Brave. Yes. yes. Yeah, Balder the Brave, Captain Carter from What If, making her live-action debut. Yeah. Patrick Stewart Xavier, which is interesting. The Black Bolt from the canceled Inhumans TV show that they hyped up so much that flopped. Apparently, that version of Black Bolt will make a cameo. The Mr. The Mr. Fantastic for the Tim Story films might be in it. Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is possibly going to be in it. Ryan Reynolds, because Sam Raimi directed the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, and he's directing this, so it only makes sense to bring probably Tobey Maguire in it for a little reunion. Yeah. Apparently, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. No, is Sam. Be in this movie. I won't be spoken to in that matter. What? Are you talking back to me? You never seen that? Nope. There's like a video from like Spider-Man Two or something, where it was like Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire, uh, being like messing around, and he was like, "No, Sam, I won't be spoken to in that matter." And then Sam Raimi was like, "Are you talking back to me?" <laughs> and a lot of times he'd be like. He'd, he'd, a lot of times Sam Raimi would go around to people, he'd be like, You better do this or you're off the set, or you're off the set. Whoa. Well, he, was, he wasn't serious, but like, it was just a joke. I also heard that Freddy Prince Jr. originally was one of the people considered to play Spider-Man in the 2002 movie. Ryan Seifens? No, Freddy Prince Jr. What? He was one of the people considered to play Spider-Man in the 2002 movie. Freddy and Prince apparently, Jr. Yeah, I'm being serious. And apparently, Sam Raimi made a joke saying that, he, they, that they were not allowed to sell tickets to him. Why? I don't know. It's just some joke. He's like, apparently he didn't, because he could, he didn't get the part. Oh, he would have gotten mad or whatever. That's weird. Uh, I would never picture Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, the guy who played Fred in the live-action Scooby New movies playing Spider-Man. Which is sad that that's the the movie that we refer to, but obviously. well, he also voiced Kanan in Star Wars Rebels, so that's also something. Yeah, but it's like. Out of all the roles he's played, we were like, oh yeah, he was Fred in the live-action Scooby-Doo movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's probably not the best thing. That's, like, that's probably one of the worst things that he's ever done. Yeah. Because it's interesting that James Gunn, I think he either did the screenplay or he wrote, I think he wrote it. those movies. Oh, um, it's James Gunn. Anyway, so back to the report came as Brian Reynolds' Deadpool is, the, is a big one being reported. Oh, yeah. Loki... No, Sylvie and Mobius are all apparently get, were all apparently added. Loki, Sylvie, and Moby. Mobius. Moby. You I can, said Mobius. You can call him Moby for short. No. No, I, I see why you want me to say that, but no, I'm not doing that. You know, it's like Loki, Sylvie, Moby. There you go. Okay, Loki, Sylvie, and Mobius were all apparently wow. added during the reshoots. And there's been a bunch more of cameos. I can't, I'm, sure, I'm sure I've missed, but there's been a lot mm-hmm. of cameos. And this movie is just going to get crazy. So apparently... What's gonna happen is, long story short, is that um, they're gonna visit the Fox X-Men universe, supposedly in the Doctor Strange movie, and that universe will start to fall down, even though fall it should have fallen. No, they fall apart because apparently, even though it should have already fallen apart because of all the plot holes that universe has. Yeah. Um, apparently, it'll fall apart, and apparently, the MCU and the Fox universe will merge. It'll be retconned that mutants have been in the MCU the whole time. Once that, once that happens. Yeah. Well, apparently. Oh yeah, because there's. What did you say? There was gonna be a reverse House of M moment. Yeah, it's, it's been rumored that it's been theorized that there could be a reverse House of M moment because in the story called House of M, Scarlet Witch in that comic story says no more mutants and erases a bunch of mutants from the Marvel universe. But it's been theorized that in Doctor Strange two, they could do it in reverse and have where she creates mutants. Yeah. That's been a theory for a long time, and there was even a House of M reference in WandaVision on, like, a wine bottle. It was, like, M-O-M. Oh, yeah. It was, well, was... WandaVision kind of was what, um, House of M a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. So I guess but, I mean, Elizabeth of... Olsen herself confirmed that that was a reference to uh, House of M. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't M-O-M. It was, like, H-O-M or something like that. Like, she said that that was actually a direct reference, so that's cool. Uh... It wasn't like just a little theory like, hey, my, uh, uh, House of M. She was actually, she actually confirmed it. So, um, uh, yeah, so it, the Illuminati seems like really crazy and I don't exactly, uh, I'm sure about, you know, how I feel about what they're doing with that, but eh, I'm sure it would be decent enough. So, so definitely, I think they're probably going to change the, um, purpose of it, right? Yeah, like, I think they might change it. The villains make, to like guard the multiverse to make sure it stays stable and whatnot. Yeah, because, like, uh, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, he's, he's like, he's probably going to go at any time. <laughs> so, <laughs> by this point. So, like, 
I mean, you can't just like bring these people back in, like Tobey Maguire, you can't just bring these people back in and be like, all right, you're here, now you're gonna do this for like 10 more movies. It's like, I think they're actually gonna bring back Tobey Maguire for more movies. Yeah, which is because there's already been a report they're gonna bring Doom Spider-Man 4, apparently, and they're also gonna do Amazing Spider-Man 3 for Andrew Garfield. Well, I mean, if you pay him enough, then I guess they'll do anything you want. <laughs> yeah, because Tobey Maguire, all he wants is money. But still, Doctor Strange 2 is definitely gonna be most, one of my most anticipated movies this year, because Doctor Strange 2 seems, sounds awesome. And one, because we get to see more of Doctor Strange, and two, all the potential cameos, and hopefully this list, I'm sure there's more, but hopefully this list that we've listed off will end up hopefully being true, because well, more than all, I want to see um. Tom Cruise Iron Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, my most anticipated film of this year, as I'm sure it is for most comic book fans, is The Batman. It just looks like just awesome. It's only two months away. Exactly. We are less than two months away from The Batman, and I could not be more excited because this movie looks just phenomenal. It looks awesome. It looks amazing. It just looks like everything that, that Batman fans want, and it just looks awesome. So... I'm very excited for that. And it's my birthday movie this year because uh, my birthday is on March 7th and the movie comes out on Ready March 5th. for you. You get the awesome birthday movie. My birthday is on May 20th. And what do I get? DC League of Super Pets. Hey, well, that's Whoopee. not a bad movie. Actually, yes, it is. Yes, it is. They literally I'm just have... Like, can they, they couldn't have delayed Doctor Strange a few more weeks and kicked that out of that... Kicked out... League of Super Pets just so I can have Doctor Strange 2 for my birthday movie. You want them to delay an entire multi-billion dollar blockbuster action adventure just so you can have it as your birthday movie. Yes, and so I can one-up you because it's Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, Batman's better than Doctor Strange. Oh, we'll have to wait and see about that because it's Doctor well, Strange. Well, because that's the disappointing part of the Bat about the Batman. For whatever reason, WB or maybe I don't know who was decided, hey, we're gonna have the Batman come out on March 5th, 2022. And then it's gonna come out onto HBO Max the next month. So I'm really worried. It's actually March 4th. He's in March 5th. Oh, March 4th, yeah. So I'm really worried about the Batman because um I'm worried I'm worried about his box office sales because people are just most people are probably just gonna be like, oh, the Batman's out. Well, it comes on to HBO Max in a month, so I don't really need to go see it in the theater. So It'll like, do fine. It's Batman. People will go see it. So, like, it's not going to make nearly as much money because people are just going to be like, well, I only have to wait one more month and I just get to go see it on HBO Max. So I think that was a really dumb decision on Warner Brothers' part. I think it's really going to hurt the box office of the Batman. Well, let's face it. WB, Warner Brothers makes dumb decisions all the time, so it's nothing new. Yeah. Like, what's happening with The Flash... Where supposedly it'll erase all, everything that Zack Snyder did, and they'll replace Batman, Superman, and replace them with Batgirl and Supergirl, which isn't a bad thing, but still. No, it's a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, it's not like, but still, it's Batman, and Superman. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, everything with the Flash recently. The rumors are that they're just gonna completely erase the Snyderverse, which is, if you didn't know, the current DCEU that we've had with Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, Justice League, there are Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's the Snyderverse. That's all the movies in the director Zack Snyder's universe. And now with The Flash, it seems like they're going to erase all that and start completely new. Uh, because apparently Warner Brothers wants because you because uh, you probably if you don't know too much then you probably heard it on the internet or something. Uh, some people didn't like uh, Man of Steel. Some people didn't like Batman v Superman, and a lot of people didn't like the theatrical Justice League. But they did do the director's original version on HBO Max, and With people liked cut, and people yeah, liked like that it. a lot. Yeah, people called it a masterpiece. So uh, right now, Snyder fans are or DC fans in general are on board with the Snyderverse completely. And are wanting to see more of Zack Snyder's vision, but apparently Warner Brothers doesn't like the fans for whatever reason because Zack Snyder got his way. So they've decided to, with the Flash, erase all of that and start anew. Release, they're trying to erase their mistakes that weren't even there. <laughs> like they'd make a ton more money if they just went with Zack Snyder's vision, but because they're going in a new direction. They're probably not going to make as much money because the fans actually liked the Snyderverse. And for whatever reason, they don't like Zack Snyder, so they're just kicking him out. So, The Flash is... And it's and that's disappointing because like, this is the very first solo movie yeah. that The Flash has ever gotten. And I'm a big Flash, big fan of The Flash. And I'm sad that they're using this as a, as a way to fix their mistakes. That aren't even there. Like, exactly. They're, not even... they're using this as like a 
as a soft reboot movie. Yeah, exactly. And a multiverse movie, because they're just trying to copy Marvel, because they're like, oh, Marvel's doing multiverse, well, let's do that too. And Marvel's built up the multiverse way better than they have. They're doing it just at random. Marvel's been building up to it. Yeah, Marvel's been like, oh, yeah, there's these certain events that have kind of, like, made things unstable. Yeah, WandaVision had, because WandaVision dealt with multiverse, because MVP didn't even know that turned out to be a fake out, which is super annoying. Yeah. That, that still dealt with multiverse. Loki dealt with multiverse and set up. What if, and Spider-Man, and set up Doctor Strange. Yeah. It's like all these events culminating together to just have it split, like, break and just erupt into madness. Whereas DC's just like, oh, yeah, uh, we've been doing just our own little universe. They're, they're just like, let's use multiverse to try and restart everything. Yeah, and they're just like, it's like, do Justice League, you know, Darkseid. Ooh, what's going to happen next with Darkseid? And apparently the machetes who directed The Flash, apparently they they were, apparently the WB actually liked what they did with The Flash movie. And apparently they were offered either another standalone Flash movie or a Justice League, or their Justice League reboot, which they've been, pl they've been planning for a while. And they chose, and apparently, and supposedly, this isn't confirmed, but supposedly they've chosen the Justice League reboot. Seriously. So after the Flash, the next movie's gonna be the Justice League reboot, and they're just, it's not gonna follow any story from Joss Whedon's Justice League or Zack Snyder's, it's just gonna be its own thing. Uh, that's kind of dumb. Uh, it'll have Supergirl and Batgirl in it. It'll keep Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, Jason Momoa as Aquaman, and Ezra Miller as The Flash. Ugh. And then they'll also add in Black Canary and Zachary Levi Shazam. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so, did you just call them the Machetes? I, I, whoops, what, what's their actual last name? The Skettis. Oh, oh the Skettis. Muskettis. The Muschettis? I don't know who you're talking about. I said Machetes by accident. Yeah, I was like, Machetes? Is that really their name? Anyway, so yeah, multiverse movies are coming. Two multiverse yeah, movies. Yeah, but like are... with The Flash, is just like, oh yeah, we're doing Justice League Dark Side. What's going to happen next with that? Oh yeah, by the way, multiverse. Like that came completely out of left field. Like nobody asked for that, but okay. Like there's no build up at all. They're just like, oh, Marvel's doing multiverse. Let's jump on that. Oh, uh, we don't like Zack Snyder for whatever reason. Even though people like Zack Snyder, it would have made us a ton of money. Well, let's just use that to erase Zack Snyder's universe. So it's like, you still need Batman and Superman. You can't just get rid of them. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, because like even Ben Affleck recently confirmed that The Flash is his last time playing Batman. So, like, he's kind of confirming those rumors, and that's kind of. Really sad. And Ezra Miller came out and it's just like, no, no, those aren't true. Try to begin. But even though Ezra Miller, no one trusts him. Yeah, they're Mr. Choking Ezra Miller, choker guy. Because if you don't know, he did actually choke a fan. That whole incident way back when he got him. He they completely let him off the hook. Yeah, he didn't get any punishment for that. Nope. And yeah, so because of that, I don't trust him for anything. He's Why did like, he choke that person again? No idea. He just like. Eh. He's just like, you want to fight? And just start choking your. He said that you want to fight? Yeah. What? <laughs> this is our Flash, everybody. Wow. This is our live-action Flash. Whoopee. What is brunch? But in my opinion, if they're not going to do Zack Snyder's vision, just reboot everything around the Batman and make a new... Yeah, but they're not even Batman. doing that. That's just its own little pocket universe. No, yeah, if I, was, if I were them, I would just recast everybody and reboot it around the Batman. The Batman can stay and reboot and reboot everything around that. That's a, I think, I think they're idea. not doing the Batman as their main universe because one, probably it's better for Batman to stay on his own right now. Yeah, honestly, I think the Batman <laughs> And two, be because it's a man, so they have to reboot it with a woman. They have to reboot it with a woman. Well, the Batman is actually going to be in Earth 2 continuity, so they could add in other things to it. Yeah, so annoying. DC is just but, like falling apart these, right now. Yeah, so we have two multiverse movies that are coming out this year. One's going to be awesome, and the other is going to be a try and fix our mistakes that aren't present movie. Exactly. It's so annoying. Why do they have to do this to us? <sighs> Just be like Marvel and listen to the fans, except Marvel's kind of going downhill. So. Yeah, well, at least Dr. Strange doesn't have, like, woke stuff in it. It's like one character, but even then, that's just a character. And it's probably not going to... It's probably not even going to be much. Yeah. I mean, so whatever. It's fine. I'm very excited for the Batman because it's like... It's just perfect. I'm excited for like, Doctor Strange. Everything that we've seen for the Batman is just amazing. Like, the story really looks really cool. The world is just being built out really well and just looks awesome. Uh, the characters are all... Like, the iterations are all very true to their comics. And yet new and different from Nolan and from uh, uh, Snyder and, and and Tim Burton and all the other iterations of Batman. It just looks awesome. Like it's it's everything that Batman fans are wanting to see, and so everyone's very excited for it, and for good reason. 
So that's gonna be awesome. Um, Bat the Batman is just gonna be like, just, just amazing. I can already tell. That, that's my most anticipated movie of 2022. Gonna have to get used to saying that now. See, that's the worst part of starting a new year. You have to write it down on everything. Like when so you're talking about it, you're like, oh yeah, this is gonna be the best movie of 2021. It's like, oh nope, it's 2022. Get to adjust to calling it the new year. Yeah. Remember when 2022 sounded so futuristic? Like even last year, it's like 2022. That sounds like such a futuristic. Mm, to me, it always seems like it's right around the corner, in a weird way. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it's just me then. Okay. To me, 2023 sounds futuristic. Oh, 2023 sounds futuristic. Okay. No, 2030 is futuristic. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, that sounds very futuristic. Even though we're not gonna have flying cars, because we're still determining whether or not something is politically correct or not. <laughs> flying cars? Are they racist? <laughs> So, that's a little bit of catch-up with Doctor Strange. Yeah. The Batman Next, we're going to get into Flash. some mustard. And then maybe we'll get into some relish. Maybe some mayonnaise. <sighs> this is my brother, everybody. Or some honey mustard. Okay, other, that's enough. Other sauces Please stop. Don't, don't go any further. I'm, I'm done. Okay, I'll soft reboot you. I'll erase you. <laughs> if you keep, if you do one more, I'll try. I'll do the. I'll go flash. I'll go flash movie and erase you. Just hit the reboot button. There's That's what they do like, all the time. They just, they're just like, oh, something's not doing well. Reboot. Yeah, <laughs> nobody cares. It's <laughs> <laughs> man. For Batman, for single time, for franchise fails, like reboot. Yeah, no, nobody likes this version of Batman anymore. All right, let's just reboot it. I just picture them just like sitting in their chair, sitting in just like a chair. There's a big just, red button that says reboot. Yeah, they're just like big and fat and lazy, and they literally have people like feeding them out of spoons, and they're just like, it's like boss, right? And the franchise isn't doing good. Yeah, reboot. And it's like these studio executives are just pushing it all every day. Every day are just like reboot, 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 reboot. It already sounds like a frog. Reboot, 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 reboot. Because, like, I, like, there's so many movies coming out nowadays that are just, like, remakes, sequels. Nothing original. Sometimes, though, and even with TV shows, some, a lot of shows coming out are, like, revivals of old ones. Exactly. It's just, like, there's nothing original. Hollywood is out of ideas. Like, it's a... They don't want to... But they don't want to admit it, though. It's just, yeah. like, do it. They're, like, like do it from nostalgia. This, it's a remake of the thing that came out 30 years it's ago. It's a remake. either say it's a remake of something that you loved, a um, a sequel to something you loved, or a revival of something that you loved. Or a reboot of something that you loved. Yeah. It was a completely different cast. Because I don't want to admit, yeah, we're out of ideas. Hollywood Even is... with Marvel, they said they're, they're, they're saying they're out of ideas, but not admitting to it, because they're doing multiverse and bringing in older yeah. Marvel movies that they didn't make. Yeah. Like, for example, the Tony McGuire and Andrew Garfield, they brought them in. Yeah, that was the That's whole... That's just the way that they like, yeah, we're out of ideas. So it's just a multiverse. Hollywood is literally out of ideas. Well, then again, Marvel can make it work because Secret Wars involves a bunch of different ver versions of characters. So I guess that kind of makes sense. Like, literally, they announced just today uh, a new biopic about um, uh, Audrey Hepburn, I think is the name. So, like, now they're just making Like, Tom Holland just got cast as Fred Astaire or something in a new biopic. Like, now Hollywood's just doing a bunch of biopics as well. I've heard about, like, 15 different biopics in the past few months. It's like That's weird. It's just like, yeah, now they're just doing remakes, sequels, biopics, that kind of thing. It's just like... It's just... Yeah. Hollywood is... I think it's safe to say that Hollywood is fresh out of ideas. That's yeah. why I think that, like, stuff outside of Hollywood is getting so popular nowadays. Because there's people out there with these amazing ideas that Hollywood is not using, but they have, like, these great ideas in their original and everyone's doing their own thing like uh spider-man lotus i i don't know if i talked about this on the podcast before but it's a really cool fan film that's coming out this year uh that if you haven't you should definitely look it up check it out um it just looks really cool um great fan film there's just tons of stuff out, like that outside of hollywood that are just awesome that are just like ripe for the picking of these people with creative and new ideas but um, Hollywood's not using them for whatever reason. So, I think that any good story is going to find its way to an audience, like, any way that it needs to. Like, you, I don't think people even really need Hollywood anymore. It's not even really an issue, because you can also, like, crowdfund. People are willing to put money into things like this. You can just be like, hey, uh, I want to make a movie about Iron Man. 
and uh, or like any, even a new original project, and just be like, here, go fund me at this page, and people will be into it. And they'll be like, oh yes, we can fund you. You can get thousands and millions of dollars just from people who are into your stuff. So we don't really need Hollywood anymore, in my opinion. The movie industry is moving into a completely, and then also with streaming and stuff, too. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, we don't. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I think the film industry is moving in a completely new direction. Cause um, they're out of ideas. Yeah, they're saying, yeah, re- 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 reboot, remake, sequel. Reboot, remake, sequel. Reboot, remake, sequel. Reboot, remake, sequel. Wow. Trademark movie majors. Okay, fine. Um, so anyway, that's <laughs> that's all you're getting here saying. That's what all of the st- that's what all the st- studio executives say. <laughs> Reboot, remake, sequel. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So let's move on to our uh, movie of the week this week. Stepping into an older era of Hollywood when uh, Hollywood companies was coming up with ideas left and right. It's like, oh hey, a story about a about a French fry. Do it. A story exactly. about a hamburger. Do it. A story about a planet. Well, Do no, it. it wasn't all about food. I know. I said well, I said planet. Planets are food. No, they're not. Yeah, they are for Galactus. Well, Galactus, Galactus does not exist in the <laughs> real world, Eli. That's in the Marvel world, but in the real world, like, I mean, the planets ni- are not. Food. The '90s was a very like booming time for Hollywood. Like, there were like some really dumb ideas in in the '90s. Like, like they were making movie about everything under the sun in the '90s. Like ants. Ants. We don't speak about ants. No, we really don't. Wasn't that like 89, I feel like? I don't know if it was the 90s. I think that was like 89. 89 is when Ghostbusters 2 came, came out. Yeah, see, like, like Ghostbusters. And it came out like one week before the first Batman movie came out, and that's why that's and then that's why it kind of failed. Oh, really? Because of Batman? Because yeah. Batman came out a week after Ghostbusters 2 and beat it. Wow. And it's just like, blame it on Batman. But yeah, uh, the... Uh, uh, yeah, this is an era of Hollywood where people were actually, you know, coming up with original ideas. Uh, and Beauty and the Beast was one of them, and it was a great original idea. Thus, why it was nominated for Best Animated or Best. Just, just, just save this for the next segment. No, I had to. This is a this is a segue. Uh, thus, why it was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. And did it win Best Picture? Well, we'll have to find out because we'll have to see next. Or you have to keep listening in order to find out. So, so stay tuned and let us move into the next segment. All right, we're back and we're ready to talk about our movie of the week, Beauty and the Beast. And um, this is again. So this got nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. And spoiler alert, it didn't win Best Picture. It got nominated. Uh, but not Best Animated Picture. Oh, yeah. That best... wasn't, not Best Animated Picture, sorry. Because that, that wasn't around yet. They got nominated for Best Picture, including with live-action movies. Yeah, like, out of animated and live-action movies, it got nominated for Best And the live-action one didn't win that. Can you say point that out? Um, what do you mean? The live-action movie didn't win oh, Best Oh, yeah, the live-action, no. There's a reason why the live-action remake did not win Best Picture, or get nominated for Best Picture. Uh, that's because it was dumb. But um, the original is definitely deserves, definitely deserves winning Best Picture, in my opinion, but whatever. Um, the Oscars didn't think it was that worthy, but it is one of the, I think, three um, animated movies of all time that have gotten nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. And that is Beauty and the Beast, Up, and there was another one. Which one was it? Toy Story 3. Oh, yeah, that's right. So those three movies are the only three animated movies in history that have gotten nominated for Best Picture, not Best Animated Feature. And Toy Story 4 didn't win Best Picture either. Yeah, because it was dumb. Um, But. And Up 2, oh, wait, that didn't exist. Yeah. Didn't exist, does it? But this movie is uh, definitely a, an absolute classic. It's just completely memorable. Oh, wait. I got to do our behind-the-scenes nugget. Never mind. Uh, forget what I said about the movie so far. Uh, so our behind-the-scenes nugget for today is that Beauty and the Beast was actually originally not going to be a musical. Now, what? Beauty and the Beast is totally remembered. Beauty and the Beast is totally remembered for being a musical. That's oh, like- I should have been the voice for that. The main part of... What? Beauty and the Beast has always been never a musical. How could it not be a musical? 
Like it's just. We'll like, answer that question for you, random audience member. That's like the most important part of the movie. That's the main gimmick. Is that it's musical? But gimmick. The original director of Beauty and the Beast actually did not want it to be a musical. He just wanted it to be a normal movie. Um, but he fell out because they had to do some story revisions. Um, and I forget why, but he like he dropped out, the original director. And then I think they got a new director, and then he dropped out as well. But he was like, hey, I've got this like protege or like friend guy. And he's got his friend. And they can kind of be like acting directors. So, like, they had an original director, and, then I th- and he fell out. And then I think they got a new one, and he fell out, and then he brought in these two guys um, who are just supposed to act like directors. They're called acting directors. They're just supposed to pretend like they were directors until they found an actual one. But the thing is, <laughs> they never found an actual one. So these acting directors were actually the directors of the movie, <laughs> per se. Uh, but they were just acting like directors the whole time, even though they technically were. So... That's an interesting little fact. And also, uh, I was going to say something else. Um, uh, oh, yeah. So, Howard Ashman does the, the lyrics for the songs in the film. He also kind of uh, helps with a lot of story. Like we mentioned before, in in Little Mermaid, like he was also a huge help on certain points in story and like dialogue lines and stuff. So, he's not just a lyrics guy. Uh, but he was pretty strong in believing early on that the movie should start out. We should see young beast like beast as a boy in his beast form and the directors didn't really like that that much they were like yeah that looks kind of silly and they were like picturing a silly image in their head and so they were like and so they were like and so they started the board meeting or like the the meeting about the movie and they were like well we think it's kind of a cheap shot to uh have show beast as a little boy and they think it's more cheap that just set howard ashman off he was like, that's the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life. Is I started saying, well, the beast is, or the beast is a little boy. It's kind of a cheap shot. We're not really going to do that. And that was the worst mistake he's ever made in his life because Howard Ashman basically just ripped him a new one. They didn't say exactly what he said, but they said that his eyes got like really wide and then he was like furious. And then he just started like just saying all kinds of things, just like, rah, 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 rah. And they showed, like, a little animation of it, or, like, a caricature of what it could have been like. And it just showed Howard just, like, with fire coming out of his mouth and just, like, burning the guy to a crisp and then just, like, walking away. So apparently he got so mad that he called it a cheap <laughs> shot. He was like, ah, da, 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 da. So I would be interested to see what, like, actually he said, but they didn't say. Too bad, too bad the intern wasn't there to film that on his iPhone. Oh, wait, there weren't any iPhones back then. Uh, silly me. Uh, but yeah, so that's the behind-the-scenes fact, basically, is that the directors were acting directors until they became real directors, uh, kind of. So, yes, that is our behind-the-scenes nugget for today. And uh, now let's move on to our actual thoughts on the actual movie of Beauty and the Beast. And I think that this movie, again, is very good. It is a very good movie, definitely. It's just, he... He's it's he it's just an absolute classic like it's just it's just got it's just a f- classic fairy tale it's a tale as old as time as I say in the movie I have to say that somewhere, um. It is just like a, a clear concise story where it's pretty predictable yeah pretty predictable, uh but yeah it's predictab- you could say it's predictable yeah when it first starts you're just like oh yeah the beast and the beauty are eating it together and blah 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 but it's just a perfect setup. Uh, perfect execution, because you also have, so you have the main conflict between uh, Belle and Beast, where they're trying to work out their relationship, and then you also have, when Belle and Beast's uh, conflict gets resolved, you also have Gaston as kind of this third party that comes at the end and and is present throughout the whole movie that kind of, you know, has his own uh, intentions and stuff. So, uh, it is just a, a perfect concept with perfect execution, and the choice of making it a musical definitely heightens the experience like you i don't think you could imagine beauty and the beast not being a musical because it's such a central part of the story and it definitely elevates the experience and that's all thanks to alan menken and howard ashman who are just so awesome uh i i i don't know if i say this before but uh alan menken is my favorite composer of all time he's awesome uh and then howard ashman i just think makes some of the best lyrics ever uh, it's it's kind of sad that he never got to see the completed film, 
uh, because if you didn't know, Howard Ashman actually died. He get he was uh, HIV po- HIV positive, uh, so he was in the hospital for like a latter half of production, and uh, he died before the movie was to able to you know or before the movie came out released to yeah uh, audiences publicly, uh, but. And he actually didn't want to do Beauty and the Beast originally, Howard Ashman. Um, he was, like, against doing it because there was a project that he really wanted to do that he was, like, really insistent on doing, and that was Aladdin. Uh, he really wanted to do Aladdin, and he didn't really want to do Beauty and the Beast, but they somehow got him to do it. They were, I think they were like, well, as long as you do Beauty and the Beast, then you can do Aladdin. Uh, so he kind of was working on, I guess you'd say he was working on Beauty and the Beast songs, and Aladdin songs kind of simultaneously because he did do some songs for Aladdin before he died. Uh, he did a few more that were actually cut from the film, but we'll get into that next time. Proud episode. of your boy, I'll make you proud of your boy. That was boy. actually not Howard Ashman at all. Oh, um, but, I could say, but it was fun for me to sing the song for 15 seconds. Uh, it was more like five, but like whatever. whatever. Uh, so, I just sing that song, and I just just do, I should do a video of me singing that song. No, you anymore. really shouldn't. Yes, um, I should. So he was, he went, really wanted to do Aladdin, but then he also did Beauty and the Beast. Uh, so he wasn't like in one hundred percent enthusiastic, but I think as he went along, he got more and more excited about it. Uh, cause like, bef- like the, they did uh like a press little screening. I think it was no, I don't know if it was the New York Film Festival, but they did a press screening for it and. They, uh, they got, uh, okay, yeah, so they did a press screening for Beauty and Beast, and, like, they loved it, and they rushed over to Howard Ashman's, uh, hospital bed, where he was dying, uh, he was, like, he was blind, he couldn't speak very well, he was just, like, a whisperer, and, like, he couldn't do anything, so he was just laying in bed, um, and he had a Beauty and the Beast, uh, t-shirt or sweatshirt on, and then the guy, uh, I think it was Don Hahn, he, like, leaned down, and he was, like, he's, like, Beauty and the Beast is gonna be a huge hit, like, who would have thought, huh? And then Howard Ashman said, I would have. So there was, like, I think those were his last words. So just a touching, you know. Uh, yeah, that's on. good. I just sweet, you know, Howard Ashman. And then, well, it's not sweet that he died, but it's, like, sweet his, his last words. You know? uh, so it's, I'm very, you know, sad that we never got to have, that you didn't get to have more with Howard Ashman, more time with him on this earth, because he was, like, awesome. His lyrics are just, like, so amazing. And it definitely shows in the movie because he did because he was able to finish all of the songs for Beauty and the Beast before it came out, and he did some for Aladdin. And I think the songs that he did for Aladdin are better, are the best in the movie. What did he do for Aladdin? He did the ones that are actually in the movie that he did were uh, One Jump Ahead, Friend Like Me, Prince Ali. Um, I think those are it actually. He didn't do a Whole New World. No. That was that was Tim Rice who was brought on after he died. What other songs are there? So there's, uh, yeah. So there's One Jump Ahead, Prince Ali, uh, Friend Like Me, Friend Like Me. Oh, Arabian Nights. He also did Arabian Nights. Yeah. Okay. So he did Arabian Nights, Friend Like Me, Prince Ali, One Ooh, Jump Ahead. Arabian Nights. Uh, so there's like four, there's like five or six songs, and Howard Ashman did four of them. And again, I think those are now obviously a whole new world is like the uh, the most popular. We're still talking about about we're not talking about Aladdin yet. yet. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Aladdin but I just want to say real quick. Next time, Eli. Okay, I just want to say real quick. So obviously, no. obviously, a whole new world is the most popular Aladdin song. Yeah, it is. but I think if you look at it lyrically, like it's inferior to the other songs. In my yeah. Okay. Talk about that more next week. I mean, next time, next podcast. Talk about that more then. Yes. It's so close, guys. Next episode is That's going to be boring for me. I have to just sit there. No, it's going to be interesting because you get to hear all the history on Aladdin. I've already heard it about 10 billion times. Off no, I haven't told you everything. Um, uh, I think you have. No, I haven't. Um, so that'll be super exciting next week. That's going to be awesome. Um, so... Yeah, that's uh, or the, yeah, I'm super excited for next week. That's gonna be amazing. But anyway, let's get back to Beauty and the Beast because that's the movie that we're talking about. This now, week. usually when it comes to the Renaissance, there's always like a big debate. There's always like a big like the big debate about which Renaissance film is the best. Mm-hmm. And usually it comes between Beauty and the Beast and Lion King. As yeah, to which one's the best? Usually it's either Team Beauty and the Beast or Team Lion King. You can't. No one ever chooses both. Now, Lion King. People go crazy for Lion King. It's one of it's most people's favorite Disney feature animated film. 
Like it's it it's one of Disney's highest grossing feature animated films. It's like, it's like a lot. Of, everyone goes crazy for Lion King. Oh, Lion King's the best. Blah, blah, blah. But personally, I just don't think it's that amazing. Who knows? It could. Who knows? It could change when we rewatch it again for the podcast. But yeah. who knows? I mean, from all the times that I've seen it, I'm just like one time you've seen it. I've seen it multiple times. Really? Yes. Yeah, I've seen it multiple. I haven't seen it just one time. What are you talking about? We've seen it many times. I just assumed you watched it once. Um, I was just like, yeah. I mean, I just don't like. I've just after watching it like over and over again. I'm just like, yeah. Every time I watch it, I'm just like, okay. I'm just like, yeah. It's good, but it's not like, oh my goodness, this is the most amazing masterpiece I've ever seen. It's just like, I'm just so amazed at it. It's just like, yeah, it's fine. So, uh, I'm, I'd probably be Team Beauty and the Beast. I probably like Beauty and the Beast I would better agree. than Lion King. Yeah, like, I would say Beauty and the Beast is better. Yeah, because Lion King is just like, yeah, it's good, but like Beauty and the Beast is just... It's just a bunch of lively characters in a perfect, clear, concise story with a great setup. It's predictable, but it's predictable in a fun way. Like, you still... It's like, uh, it's like you know, midquels or something, or prequels. It's like the Book of Boba Fett. Like, we know... It, like, there's no real danger because it's... In the flashback scenes, because, like, yeah, we know that he survives because he shows up in The Mandalorian Season 2. So, like, or, yeah, Season 2. So, it's like, well, you know, there's not really any yeah. threat. But it's fun to see how he gets there. Like, it's fun to see the fill in the blank. So, you already know what's going to happen, but it's still fun to see, you know, the in-between. It's like Beauty and the Beast, you know. The setup is just like, yeah, we already know what's going to happen. They're going to get together, blah, blah, blah. But it is still tons of fun to see how they get there because the characters are so lively, because the songs are so fun. Um, and because of the lyrics and the music yeah. both together are just amazing. Uh, so it's still fun to see, to get there, uh, go on the journey. And even if you might already be able to predict how it happens, but just done in such a great way. The story is paced evenly and nicely. There's, it's funny. It's also, you know, going to be emotional and there's some romance and, and suspense and danger. Um, so it's just like, it's just a perfect yeah, I don't know. It's just like it, it's the movie itself is like I can't really find any big flaws with it. It's just more like when it comes down to your own personal preference. Yeah, like this isn't one that I would say I'm not like. It's probably in my top ten at least. Which one? Beauty and the Beast. Really? Yes. It's probably, yeah, your top five. Being the podcast. Really? Yeah, you don't remember that? What What number did I put it at? Five. Oh yeah, it's probably okay. That, yeah, that, I'd say it's in my top ten as well. That's a, it's a good movie, definitely. It's probably my top ten. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I would ever put it outside of my top ten. Uh, definitely, it's yeah. it's it's a very good movie. It's just like I just personally would gravitate towards other Disney feature animated films. Like I I don't have any big problems with it. It's just I like other films better. That's what it comes down to when it comes yeah, down to like. I would agree. Yeah, like with the big. Like, with the most successful and, like, the ones that everyone likes, uh, Disney feature animated films. It gets to these ones where it's, like, you can't really find any big flaws with them. It's more just personal preference. Yeah. Like, if I were to put Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast side by side, they're both practically perfect films. Sure, maybe Aladdin, some of the characters are are bland. Maybe they're not as three-dimensional as people think they should be. Um, But if you put them side by side... There's not really any big glaring issues, so it would just be like your personal preference. Which one do you enjoy watching more? Yeah. Which one relates and connects to you more? So I would pick Aladdin because obviously it's my favorite movie of all time. Uh, so and Aladdin are almost synonymous with each other. Yeah, exactly. If if any if you don't know that I like Aladdin, then you really don't know me, and there's really no point. Well, in... I actually don't didn't know you like Aladdin until you mentioned it here. I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so... But yeah, this is definitely a very good movie, for sure. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's just, again, it's perfect. It's, it's There's no really... I mean, it's not perfect. Yes, it is. But yeah, there's it's a, kinda, it is. Kinda. But there's no, like, you know... There's, it's it's just, one of those movies where it, does, where it did not need a live-action remake. No, it didn't. I mean, it's just fun. It's fun to see. Like, the live-action remakes are basically just, like, fan films. They're, <laughs> it's yeah, like, a little bit. Oh, it'd be cool to see it in live-action. But does it really need to be a b- whole big-budget, like... Hollywood film? No, it doesn't because it's 
Well, I did. I do think the one this is the one thing that I liked about the remake is that it added consequences for the for all the servants who got turned into like silverware and stuff like that, Arch- like antiques. Like uh, the, yeah. I always thought it was weird how in the original one they get turned into antiques and they don't have any consequences like the beast does. But in the remake, they added to where they actually become antiques and it starts to become harder to move as the, each petal falls. I think I thought I think the one thing I liked from the remake is that they gave them a consequence. Yeah, I mean that's that's I guess that's you know good. I don't know. I don't think we needed it, but yeah, did we need it? No, but I think. Well, I think we kind of did because I felt like it was a little uh, it was a little odd for them to not have a consequence in the original. Well, the consequence is that they're not human beings. I know, but still, like they can't just walk around like that forever. Okay, sure, fine. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's uh, that'd be good. I don't know, but I mean. I feel like most of the stuff they added in the remake would just like you know everything else i will agree was just not redid like the whole dumb book thing the, the teleporting book that was so dumb that was that that did not need to be there that's like because they didn't put the mirror in there right no the, i don't think the mirror no the mirror wasn't there okay i was gonna say because then what was the, the point of the the mirror like they added some whole no, other the, the book they added some whole other plot points in there too like Gaston goes and finds uh, the guy in the forest. Yeah, her dad. Her dad. Forest. Yeah, or Maurice. Yeah, he goes and finds Maurice in the forest or something like that. It, it was so bad. It was so bad. Um, and because they had the whole teleporting book. Here, teleporting look, this book. book. You can go wherever you want to, and it will transport you there. What was the point of that? There was no point. And it was just like, oh, giving Bella history on her mom. Her mom was sick. That was and tied to the died. Black Plague, which is an odd choice. Yeah, it was just like, no one cares. Like, what was the point of this? Nobody cares. Because it has no significance on the entire rest of the movie. It's just kind of like, oh, we want to add something. Let's just throw it in there. Um, and also Should we get- you the live action remakes at some point? Maybe. I know someone I what, did recommend I- for us to... Um, dude, the original Mulan versus the live action one, which was it? Someone that we knew? Yes. Oh, of course. Which, if we did that, then I would ha- then I would require me to actually watch the live action Mulan, which I don't think I want to do. No, you really don't. It's it's pretty I don't. bad. It's don't pretty bad. Yeah, it's, I haven't even I haven't even watched it. It's like pretty yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, I'm smart. So the live action, and also you got to point out. The terrible auto-tuned uh, voice for Vel. Why are we talking about the live-action one now? Because it's a part of the segment. Like, if you're going to talk about Beauty and the Beast, then now, since Disney's not going to make live-action remakes, then you also got to talk about the live-action remake. Okay, fine. So you also have to talk about the Belle singing. Because for whatever reason, they, they thought, well, Emma Watson... I guess they just thought she was a terrible singer because... Every time she sings, it just sounds like a robot. <laughs> like if you listen, like even when she's like uh, at the beginning of the movie of Belle, like when she's like waking up to yeah. say, like I was just picture picturing that uh, the live action remake when she was singing it here. Like I was just like comparing the two in my mind, and I was just like, yeah, that it just sounds so bad. It just it's just like why did they not trust? Emma Watson enough to like let apparently they didn't yeah like they the auto tune is crazy and it just sounds terrible yeah it just sounds so cringy like listening to it you can just be like that is not a real human that is that that, that's not how humans sound so it's kind of like I think it's kind of like uncanny valley territory probably because it's just like it sounds human-ish but it's not human not really it's so bad and then um what was it? I don't even think that Emma Watson is the best choice to play Belle in Well, general. the story is that she actually dropped... Because she actually really... Has, has, like, she actually really liked the, that movie growing up, and she dropped out of... She was supposed to be in a certain other movie. She was supposed to be in some other movie, but when, she, when they were off... When they, when they were looking for the role, she dropped out of that movie just to do it. Yeah, which, I mean, yeah, that's what I was thinking about. I was just like, she didn't need to do that. Like, just because she's like, eh! To. Well, she's Emma Watson. She was in Harry Potter, so she could she could do whatever she wanted. Yeah, I know. And she still can't do whatever she wants. Yeah, see, that's why I think that's the problem. Like, every little girl and their mom wants to be Belle, so it's just like, eh, I want to be Belle. And they're just like, okay. But I just don't think we were, you know, like, she's just not the best Belle, in my opinion. She just looks like Hermione, really. That's really all she can ever be. Like, ever. <laughs> Which is kind of sad. 
Yeah, it gets, yeah that's sad. Like, they, a lot of times actors will get stuck to one role because they don't want to be attached to the rest of their life. Yeah. It's like when, everyone, when someone sees her on the street, it'll be, oh, Hermione, not, oh, Belle. Which actually well, might actually, be. people might do that. Yeah, actually. Uh, but it's just like, it just depends on which movie you see first. And they're both like, yeah, I just don't think she's a very good Belle. Um, also, they added like a bunch of stuff in the remake that kind of changed the character as well. Uh, but yeah, so that's, uh, but the original is so much It's a better. classic, definitely. It's a, it's a classic. A tale as old as time, as it says in the song. Uh, it just really is. It's it's just a classic, clear, concise story that moves along. Doesn't have really any boring parts. No filler. No, it's not. It's not like oh, book, uh, teleporting book to like, Paris. Yeah, like they added an extra what forty minutes in the remake. I think like ten minutes or something. Like no, that. it was four. It was like 30, 40 minutes of extra screen time, because the the remake's like two hours long. Yeah. So, so it's the live action. All the a lot of the live action remakes are over two hours long. Yeah, they had so much that doesn't need to be there. The original is so good, and the remake is so bad. It's just like ugh. Disney, just like oh, we're running out of ideas. So what are we using? Out of ideas. And also, so so like one thing, John Lasseter shut down the direct video sequels, which was just like. So they're like, oh, what other trash pieces of garbage can we crank out? That can get us some more money. Oh, live action remake. They're cash grabs. That's the only reason they do this is for cash yeah. grabs. Because they're like, oh, what's an extra way that we can make money? So that's like this. So bad. It's just, and they're all just bad. Yeah, they're just pieces of garbage. Um, so, but the original is, of course, a classic. It's awesome. Um, and it deserves to be remembered forever, unlike the remake. Yeah. So, yes. That is our review on Beauty and the Beast 1992. Uh, no, 1991, sorry. Um, I always think it comes out in 1992. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah, so this is our review, so thank you for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We need to rate it. We need to rate it. Oh, right. Um, I'd definitely give it a, probably a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10, definitely. It is a classic. Definitely a classic movie. So yes. thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to watch you ahead. Always enterprise. I want you to JVHTV. Most of us at Minecraft Madness. Hollywood Gaming, or now the Nostalgia Freaks, I still don't like that name, and the Movie Makers YouTube channel, all on YouTube. You should check out the X-Files podcast I have with Eli Spencer. He puts in this podcast, and, and you'll, you'll hear us real soon. soon.